And so this morning what we're doing is uh, we are starting an Advent series as we go and kind of celebrate, acknowledge uh, Advent together and participate in Advent together. And it's called The Invitation. And uh, what does that mean? We're, we're going to be talking about the invitation that God extends to us, that God is always extending to us, has always extended to us. And His invitation is to see what He sees, right? To care about what He cares about, to encounter His peace, to encounter His hope, to encounter His love and His joy in amazing ways. Some of you all know, you know what, God wants so much more for you than just a ticket to heaven when you die, right? God wants so much more for you than just that. And uh, he's got so much. And, and God is extending this invitation to us every day. But most of the time, we don't hear it. We don't acknowledge this invitation. We don't understand that it's there. We don't see it. We don't hear it. Um, because we tend to see the world at uh, face value. You know, we, we tend to see the world as we experience it. We go about our lives. We're thinking about the things that we have to do. I don't know about you guys, when I wake up in the morning, a lot of times my first thought isn't, okay, God, what are you inviting me to today? My first thought is, I got a lot to do today. And uh, that sense of panic sets in pretty early. And I got to, man, I got to get her done, right? That's kind of what I'm thinking a lot of times when I get up in the morning. And, uh, or, or we're thinking about the issues that we're facing. We're thinking about what's coming up next in our lives. But God is calling us. God is whispering our name. He's inviting us to his table uh, to, you know, to visit and to experience what he has to offer. God is always sort of drawing us, always wooing us. And it's so easy to just miss out on the invitation because life is very distracting, isn't it? <laughs> you know, life is terribly distracting. Uh, and there's just so much to do. And so as we start this series off, what I want to do is I want to talk about God's invitation to hope. God's invitation to hope. Um, you know, I, we were talking this morning with the prayer team a little bit how uh, it seems like in this season, you know, our uh, idea of living is uh, not dying, right? It's like, but you know what? When our life is all about not dying, you know, that's not truly living. <laughs> that's, that's not really life. Um, and so uh, I believe that, you know, God wants us to get our hopes up. And I remember as children, I talked about it a little bit earlier today, you know, our, our hope level is just like sky high as children. And uh, I remember as a child, man, I hope for lots of crazy things. I hope to be able to fly one day. I hope to build my own Iron Man armor one day, you know, like as children. And we, th we believe it's all possible, like all possible. Um, and just, you know, Hudson, when he was a little boy, all the, he had an electric broom thing that he was going to invent, right? Do you remember that? Started on it, got started on it. The pieces are still sitting out in the garage. Uh, <laughs> we might have dumped him out a while ago. But we just hoped, you know, and at Christmas time, we hoped for lots of presents, we hoped for lots of fun. We hoped for lots of goodies. I mean, 
you know, I had sugar plum fairies dancing in my head from like, you know, the day after Thanksgiving until, you know, the day after Christmas. And so we just hoped, and there's lots of anticipation. We spent the entire month heading up to Christmas in this, this state of giddy excitement. Giddy excitement. And, and I remember just even my own kids, like, you know, trying to get them to go to sleep on Christmas Eve. And of course, as most parents, what we do is we play the Santa card. You know, hey, Santa can't come till you go to sleep. He might be waiting outside. Get your butt in bed and go to sleep, you know. And, uh, but just that giddiness. And I love that. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. I love it that one of my sons, I won't say who, but one of my sons starts listening to Christmas music like after Halloween. And, uh, and he's so excited, and we watch all the Christmas episodes of whatever TV series that come out. We watch all the Christmas movies together, and, and I just absolutely love it. Uh, but as we get older, doesn't it seem like the Christmas balloon kind of deflates a little bit as we get older? It's almost like, you know what, we all enjoy breakfast, but none of us want to see how the sausage is made, because it might decrease our enthusiasm about breakfast just a little. You know, and as we get older, we kind of see how the Christmas sausage gets made. And, uh, and the balloon starts to deflate a little bit, and getting presents turns into spending lots of money, right? And all the Christmas goodies turn into extra pounds around the waist. And the expectation uh, can also sort of turn into dread when we think about hitting all the relatives' houses, right? And seeing uh, all the people and being exhausted. And yeah, I remember when our, when our children were little, as parents, we have sort of this innate sense of our children's limitations, right? But a lot of times, our relatives don't have that sense. No, 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 bring them over. It's okay that it's 10 o'clock and they've been up since 6 o'clock this morning. Bring them over. That's all right. You know, and we're like, no, you don't understand. If I bring the kids over right now to your house for Christmas, they're going to be inconsolable. And I won't be that far behind, you know. And <laughs> so, so, like, you know, our, 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 our Christmas balloon starts to deflate just a little bit. And uh, for some people, even this is just a really painful time of year. You know, they're away from all family or maybe, you know, they're mourning or, you know, whatever. And so this can be even a sadder time of year than the rest of the year for some people. Um, but I believe that God is inviting us as a church here today, that God is in, inviting us to his hope right now, not not as something in the future, or maybe I'll experience hope later on in life, or maybe some miracle will come. But I believe that God is inviting us to his hope here and now. And he wants us to walk in a sense of anticipation of his blessings. That's one of the things I love about Advent. I can't, listen, I can't wait for Jesus to come, to, to return. I can't wait. I can't, I, in fact, I pray it all the time. Jesus, just come back. Just come back and end all the crap. Come back, end all the crap, make it all right, take us home, just come back, Jesus, you know. And I have a, a huge sense of anticipation of his return. And he wants us to walk in anticipation of his blessing. And he wants us to walk in anticipation of his presence, in anticipation of his peace. God wants us to 
hope. Like I said, you know, not dying isn't really living. Not dying isn't really a life filled with hope. Just simply kind of trying not to die, and that's why we live, that's not a reason to live. That's not hope. And so I want to look at a passage today in Luke um, that talks about God's invitation to hope, that talks about hope. And so we're going to do that first. Real quick, let's pray. God, we love you so much, and we thank you that you are the God of hope. God, that we can get our hopes up. No matter how many times we feel like our hopes have been dashed, God, because of you, we can get our hopes up once again. And so, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us through your word today, that you would let that hope come alive in us, that we would be a hopeful people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so uh, we're going to read Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 32. It says this, At that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. I love the story of Simeon. This is, this is like kind of one of my favorite little Christmas you know, side stories, I guess you can say. And it says, He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. If you remember one thing this morning, just remember this. God's invitation to hope will not disappoint. God's invitation to hope will not disappoint. Will not disappoint. Hope is such a powerful force. Hope is such a powerful force. If you want to rule a people, if you want to oppress a people, the thing that you want to do is you want to remove their hope as quickly as possible. And you want to remove their hope. Hope is such a powerful force. It's such a powerful force. Hope gets us up in the morning. Hope keeps us moving forward. Hope, hope keeps our camp counselors running after their kids if they've got a runner. No matter how exhausted they are or how little difference they feel like they're making in that kid's life. Hope. Hope is such a powerful force and it will not disappoint in fact, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, tells us that when hope is stalled out, our hearts get sick. Our hearts get sick. You know, I feel like some of us here, maybe as this year sort of drags out, as this pandemic drags out, as all of this sort of drags out, I feel like some of us, our hearts have kind of gotten a little sick. That that our hope has maybe waned a little bit, that maybe it's difficult to see the other side of this, that it's difficult to, like, have dreams and, and anticipate and go, yes, I'm going to do this, and I've got this dream that I want to chase, and I have this goal, and I have this, you know, I feel like a lot of that has sort of, like, fizzled out in a lot of people as this thing sort of drags along like a, 
dog that can't get its bottom off the ground as it scoots and scoots and scoots and leaving stink behind. I kind of feel like that's sort of the way it's gone. And that's free. You can use that. Um, <laughs> but when hope stalls out, the heart gets sick. We need hope to have life in our lives. Without hope, we don't have life in our lives. Without hope, we're just not dying. We're not living. We're just not dying. But with hope, we have life in our lives. And you know, God calls us to have life. Yeah, God calls us to have life abundantly. Not just life, you know, with self, just living out of self-preservation, but life abundantly, life moving forward, life that's kicking A, right? God calls us to live that kind of life, right? Life abundantly. And with hope, we have that. It's fuel in our tanks. It's the ignition of our dreams. It's the strength to keep moving forward. That's what hope does for us. I love it. And God is holding out his hands, and he's inviting us to hope. He's holding out his hands full of hope. He's holding them out towards you today, and he's inviting you to take it. He's inviting you to have it. He's inviting you to get your hopes up. So, you know, let's kind of break down this walking in hope. I love this picture of Simeon. First thing is this, let me just tell you, get your hopes up. I don't care how many times you've been disappointed. I don't care how many times you've had your hearts broken, how many times you've had your dreams dashed. Get your hopes up. That's the thing, you know, like, when, sometimes the guy who wins is just the guy who got up one more time than the guy who didn't. You know, who was really kind of foolish enough to disregard the evidence <laughs> and get up and do it again. Right? Get your hopes up. The Bible says that Simeon was eagerly waiting the Messiah. Man, I'm sure as he got older and older and older, he kind of went, maybe I'm not going to see the Messiah. Maybe God wanted me to see the Messiah in my heart. Right? Okay? He was eagerly awaiting the Messiah. And, and these words, eagerly awaiting, are not uh, words that depict someone who think it might happen. It might happen one day. If it doesn't, praise the Lord anyway. You know, he was eagerly awaiting the Messiah. And, and he, you know, he didn't lose his passion or let his hopes dwindle. Every day he thought, this could be the day. This could be the day. And it's so important that we get our hopes up and keeps our hope up. Get your hopes up and wait with faith and with patience. Right? Have the faith that what you're hoping for will happen. Have the faith and the patience to hold on to that faith no matter what the evidence screams in your face. Y'all get that? And I just tell you, you know, we all know that faith is the evidence. We don't go by, you know, what our eyes see. We don't, because if we did, we would get discouraged. We would lose hope, okay? And so sometimes we just need to go, okay, well, that hope that I have in my heart, that faith that I have in my heart, that's the evidence. That's the evidence. Sometimes I have to remind myself to believe God's word regardless of my experience. All right? Doesn't that just sound, I mean, that just sounds like something a crazy person would say. Right? Because, you know, aren't we, experience settles the issue, doesn't it? 
The evidence settles the issue. But our faith has to be greater than that. That's why it's faith. Okay? Like, if you give up because the evidence is contrary, then you never really had faith. Because faith is the evidence. All right? So, Romans 5 tells us that hope doesn't disappoint. So, I I think some of us need to hear these words right now. Listen, whether you're here or you're online. Shrug off the disappointment. Some of us just need to shrug off that disappointment. Get off of me. Right? You ever wrestle a fourth grader? And they cling to your back? And you're like, all right, I'm done now, I'm done now. And you're all happy about it? But then they keep going. And you're like, no, seriously, seriously, I'm done now. My back's starting to hurt. And then you're like, get off me! You know, and, and, I don't know. I've beat up a few fourth graders in my time. But uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just last week. <laughs> no, I, I did not. I did not. Uh, you know, but we need to shrug off that disappointment. You know, the, the disappointment monkey that's on your back. Sometimes you just need to just shrug it off. And so uh, it, just get your hopes up and keep them up. The next thing we learn about Simeon here is we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, again, this can be such a distraction. It can be such a distraction and so difficult to walk in a state of filled with the Holy Spirit in the world that we live in because of the constant distractions. I have learned that walking in and being filled with the Holy Spirit requires a measure of focus. Right? And we'll kind of get there a little bit. But uh, it's hard to have that kind of focus, have that measure of being filled with the Spirit and taking the time out to listen to the Lord when we're surrounded by a distraction. Um, it, It should just be a daily practice for all of us. A daily practice just to take a minute and ask God to fill us anew with the Holy Spirit. I love that we got so many people here in the church now doing the pause app. Who's doing the pause? Look at that! Yes, the pause. How many of you find that, a- that, that after you kind of stop and pause, you, f- you feel like the presence of God? You feel like, yeah, okay, all right. Pause. Let God fill you. It should be a daily practice to let God fill us anew with the Holy Spirit. He, he invites us to be filled with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, goodness, right? And let those things flow through our lives. I just want to, speaking of pause, I want to pause and just say, listen, if you have not been filled with the Holy Spirit, if you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, as Scripture calls it, allowing the Holy Spirit to fill you up, uh, go and get prayer today, all right? Go and see one of our prayer team members. Let them pray over you. It's not a big deal. It's not some weird, like nobody's going to wave incense over you is what I'm trying to say. They're just going to say a prayer for you. That's it, right? Because the, the indwelling, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a gift. It's a free gift. You don't have to stand there and strive for it. You just receive it. Let them pray for you. Biblically, it was passed on by the laying on of hands, by prayer that way, okay? So just let them pray for you. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, so, and then the next thing is be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Remember how I said before, it's so hard to be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit when, when we're surrounded by distractions. You can't hear the Holy Spirit's voice 
If you don't quiet yourself, we need to quiet ourselves. Quiet our phones, quiet our music, quiet our podcasts. Just ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. Sometimes when you're just driving home from work, just drive home in silence and listen to the Holy Spirit. Maybe when you're working, maybe when you're cleaning the house, maybe when you're doing something where you would normally have the earbuds in, just take them out. Just take the earbuds out for a little bit. Take off the headphones, right? And just exist. Just exist in quiet. And you will discover that the Holy Spirit has been trying to talk to you, has been trying to speak to you, and you will hear Him so much more clearly when you are not always stimulated. Right? I find that I hear God so much more clearly when I just, I mean, quiet. Right? So, y'all know I love to walk, and I love to walk around the lake by my house. It's four miles. And I will listen to stuff, but only for two miles. But only for two miles. And halfway around that journey, it's marked. Somebody has a property marker. I walk right past a field where they grow corn or soybeans, depending on the year. And there's a white uh, property marker on that. And I know that that property marker is two miles from me. So whenever I hit it, earbuds come out. And I walk the rest of the way. And I say, okay, Lord, speak to me. And it is in that second half of my walk around the lake where the Holy Spirit has spoken to me and where I got pretty much all the ideas for writing my books. Right? Where pretty much I've gotten many of the sermon series that you hear on Sunday mornings is during that two-mile walk in silence. And so when we cut off the distraction, suddenly we can hear the Holy Spirit speak to us. And we get those God ideas that come to us. And we get sometimes business ideas, sometimes ministry ideas, sometimes ideas for books or ideas for projects. And, and, we, and the Holy Spirit leads us and, and drops people on our heart to reach out to or to text or to encourage. And so, but we can't follow the leading of the Holy Spirit if we're always plugged in. Okay? So uh, be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Remember, God speaks in a still, small voice, okay? And it takes intentional listening for us to hear it. So Simeon was open to the leading of the Holy Spirit, because Simeon, remember, led him to the temple, right? He's open to the Holy Spirit, and because he listened, because he was open, because he was led by the Holy Spirit, he got to hold the baby Jesus. Like, how many people got to hold the baby Jesus, right? Wow! I mean, I don't know about you guys, but like, if I got to hold the baby Jesus, I also would be like, okay, I can die now. You know, I've done it, right? It was awesome. He got to hold Jesus because he was open to the leading of the Holy Spirit. He saw his hope fulfilled before he died. Wow, imagine what we could experience if we just listened for and followed the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's huge, okay? And it makes, it fills us with hope. And then the last thing is this. Praise God always. There's something about people of praise that are so hopeful. And not only are people of praise super hopeful and super full of faith, but like they like splash onto you. Like they, you know, that hope becomes sort of contagious. Simeon praised God when he held Jesus in his arms. But I believe 
And I think this just kind of goes with what we saw of Simeon here. I believe that that was not the only time Simeon praised. Right? He, he, his persistent hope was evidence that he was a person of praise. Persistently hoping. And so there's something about praise that fills us with hope. There's something about praise that fills us with hope. Even this morning, you know, I, I, I was doing one of those things where I was checking the old gram. Anybody else here on the gram? I know you are because I follow you, don't lie. And so, uh, you know, looking at the Instagram, and I saw something on my Instagram feed that, that like, uh, did the opposite of fill me with hope. You know, it actually kind of filled me with some dread. And I was like, oh, man. So I, I actually kind of came into the service this morning feeling just a little bit of dread. And by the time we were done praising today, all that was just gone. And I felt my hope level rise. Praise fills us with hope, with hope, okay? And so it, it, it elevates our perspective. Praise elevates our perspective, bringing it closer to the one that we're praising. Think about that. I'm going to say that again, and I'm going to say it real slow, because I want you to get that. Praise elevates our perspective, bringing it closer to the one that we're praising. Wow. Man, let that sink in for just a second. Because you know what? We all worship something. Right? We all worship something. We all praise something. We worship what we're afraid to lose most. Think about that for just a second. Some people worship money. They're afraid to lose that most. Some people worship popularity. They're afraid to lose that most. Some people worship relationships. They're afraid to lose that most. But when we worship the Father, it elevates our perspective and it fills us with hope. Isn't that crazy that when we worship anything but God, we're afraid to lose that thing. You worship money, you're afraid to lose money. You worship relationships, you're afraid of losing that person or afraid of being alone. You worship popularity, you're afraid of losing your status or your position. But when you worship God, there's no fear. There's only hope. Wow, okay? So, be, you know, worship Him. It elevates your perspective. It lightens our load as we cast it at the Lord's feet. And we honor Him in worship. It's us accepting his invitation to closeness. And it brings glory to him as we receive the life abundantly that he wants for us. That's what he wants for us. And so praise God always. And so I want to close today, and as I do, I just want to imagine a life where our hopes are high. I want you to imagine that. How would your life be different if your hopes were higher. How would you live differently if your hopes were higher? What would your life look like when you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you're led by Him and praise is as natural to you as breathing? How would your life be different? What would that feel like if your hopes were higher than they are today? What would that be like? Okay, and I believe that the Lord wants to remind people today, no matter who you are, but I believe that the Lord wants to remind you right here and right now that your story isn't over. That your story isn't over. I feel like that that 
has been maybe an, an unspoken uh, weight that some people have placed on their shoulders, right? And they maybe have never articulated it that way, but uh, I believe that God wants to tell you, listen, your story isn't over. Get your hopes up, right? Your story isn't over. It's not about, it's not about self-preservation. Life isn't about just not dying right now, okay? That your story isn't over. Your story isn't over. We're not just biding our time. We're not biding our time until Jesus comes back or till we die. Our story isn't over. It's still being written. So get your hopes up. And even if you're one who kind of struggles through the holiday seasons or, or you kind of, you sort of look at them towards a little bit of dread and you're like, I just got to get through. God wants to fill you with hope too. God wants to fill you with hope too. I have discovered in my almost 50 years of living now that a lot of time what I expect is what I get. <laughs> that when I expect to feel lonely, when I expect to have a miserable holiday, when I expect, you know, uh, unhappiness, when I expect those things, those are exactly what I get. But when I expect joy, when I expect hope, when I expect love, when I expect those things, I get them. Isn't that weird? Wow. You know, because it's so much easier to have our hopes low and to expect those bad things and then go, see, I told you. I told you that I was never going to find anybody. I told you my business was going to fail. See, I told you my parents going to work or my, my family was going to drive me nuts through the holidays. Or I told you that I told you. Listen, get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. I'd rather get my hopes up and be the only weirdo smiling through the holidays, right, than walk through and, and get exactly what I expected when I was expecting disappointment, right? So get your hopes up. Your story isn't over. It's filled with promise. It's filled with potential. It's filled with hope, okay? Let yourself imagine. I think that, in fact, maybe we'll just do this, you know, for like one minute, but I think that a lot of us have forgotten how to daydream. Do you remember as kids, we used to daydream the crap out of life? I mean, it was just like, we, we, like as kids, we daydreamed constantly. Like, I, I, man, I, I remember when I was 15, yeah, 15, even as a teenager, my first job, I had a job stretching dough at a pizza place. And no, not the cool stretching. It was the lame, make these dough balls and shove them through a machine kind of stretching dough. So, but I remember making these dough balls and, and, and like tossing through a machine and stretching dough for a pizza place. And one of my coworkers pulling me aside one night and was like, dude, it's like you're in another world. It's like you're in another world. And I was like, I can't help it, man. I just, I'm, I'm just daydream a lot. I'm, I like to imagine. And, and my daydreams were always cool daydreams, too, not bad ones, right? They were all, always cool. And so I believe God wants us to be people who imagine and, and still dream and, and get our hopes up. And so, um, in fact, let's do that just really quick. I, wanna, I would just want to do an, a 60-second exercise in daydreaming. And here's what I want you to do. Here's your daydream assignment. And I know Forrest, he's probably going to get an A on this already because he's the best daydreamer I know. And so, but here's what we're going to do. All we're going to do is just for 60 seconds, I'm going to allow you to daydream about how awesome your holidays are going to be. And you're going to daydream 
about celebrating with your kids, and daydream about sharing meals around the table together, and daydream about driving in your car, home from work, singing Christmas songs, and I want you to daydream about how amazing the next month is going to be. Can we? Is that okay? Yeah. All right, let's do that. It's going to get quiet, weirdly so, and some of you are going to feel awkward because you can't stand silence. But we're going to do it anyway for 60 seconds. Are you ready? Close your eyes. Let's daydream. back to reality for a second here uh, just a quick question as you were sort of like daydreaming and picturing and just imagining getting your hopes up just giving yourself give yourself permission to get your hopes up as you were doing that I'm just curious how many felt like maybe uh, your energy even increased a little bit like you felt sort of a you know energy shift yeah, doesn't that do that? Because when we have hope, it like gives us energy. It, it fuels us. And so I want you to just continue to do that. And so uh, I'm gonna, we're going to have the worship team come back, and, and uh, we'll have the, um, we'll have the uh, prayer team head back that way. Why don't you stand with me? And um, I'm going to pray for you. And... Uh, here's what I want to do. Uh, if, uh, uh, just two things for the prayer team. So if you were in that category earlier today um, uh, that, I, that I spoke of, uh, uh, where you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, never been filled with the Holy Spirit, go back there while we're singing and ask them to pray for you, okay? The second thing is, is if you uh, are just, if, if getting your hopes up is something that's very difficult for you, like that's your life, even when we were daydreaming, you're, instead of your mind going to a wonderful holiday, your mind was like going to this sort of like real sad thing, you know. Um, go back and get prayer. I want you to go back and get prayer. And then the third thing is actually uh, one of our prayer team members uh, felt like God wanted to uh, heal someone's right ear today. So if, you ha if you're having an issue with your right ear today, wow, you came on the right day, okay? Go back and get prayer and get healed. And so let's pray, and uh, the worship team will close us out. God, we love you and we praise you. We thank you, Lord, because you are good. You are amazing, and you are a God of hope. You are the God of hope. You are our hope. So God, I ask that... Um, God, that we would walk as people of hope, like Simeon, who just every day anticipating your coming. God, just make us unusually hopeful, full of faith people. <laughs> <laughs>
not just surviving, but with visions and dreams for the future, God, for your glory. In Jesus' name.